Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I talk to other entrepreneurs, I think that one of the first things that I evaluate when I'm talking to them is their understanding of what it's really going to take to be successful. And what it's going to take to be successful is having the right people around you. You've got to have the right people. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another windy day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Ignite Management Services and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to remind you that the Qualified Leadership Book Series, which includes all three of my best-selling books, is now available at my website, johnsrenny.com. You get all three books for 15% off the Amazon and Barnes & Noble price, but this offer is only available on my website. This is the perfect way to get 2024 off to a powerful start, so check it out at johnsrenny.com. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about leading a startup business, and my guest is Shane Foss. Shane is an Air Force veteran and founder of Hooray Health. We sat down and talked about what it's like to build a team and a company from the ground up. Startup life is filled with risk, uncertainty, and pressure, and any day, a long list of external factors can cause you to fail. Shane tells us what it's like to operate in this kind of environment and how to hire and successfully lead a team in startup mode. So if you're wondering, do you have the right stuff to lead a startup business? Well, listen in and find out. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Shane Foss. Shane is the founder and chief executive officer of Hooray Health. He is a veteran of the United States Air Force, where he was a surgical technologist and began his love of medicine. He worked in senior leadership positions in the healthcare industry and device sales management, strategic planning, and P&L responsibilities before starting his own business targeting affordable healthcare. I am excited to have him on the show to learn from his experiences in leadership. So Shane, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thanks for having me, John. I'm looking forward to the conversation. 
I am as well. It's nice to meet you and nice to meet a fellow veteran entrepreneur. So uh, yeah. I'm excited about this conversation. So let, first of all, tell us about your company, Hooray Health. What is it that you do and what do you offer your customers? So Hooray Health, we, um, we're, really, we're really focused on the hourly population providing affordable and meaningful benefits that they can afford, the employers can afford to, to purchase for them. Um, we, we really want to cover their basic medical needs. We're not major medical, um, you know, we're not going to cover, you know, cancer and stuff like that. But when you really look at the data, most of what happens in a given, you know, given year is, you know, basic medical needs that you go to a, an urgent care, you go to a primary care physician and you need that covered. And that's what we really focus on. And, uh, you know, our plans start at, you know, $60 a month and, we just want to make sure that we were given affordable access to care that with meaningful benefits. And so one of the, our key benefits that we, that we provide um, is we have a $25 copay, no balance bill provider network that you have access to. And so no matter what happens um, when you go into an urgent care and, you know, they take an x-ray or they give you an IV because you're dehydrated, you only have to pay that 25 bucks. And that's a big deal. And a lot of people avoid care. As a matter of fact, if you're, even if you have insurance, 60% of that population can avoid care, but you're looking at 80% if they don't have health insurance. And, and there's still a, you know, a large uninsured population, especially if you're, uh, you know, you're living paycheck to paycheck. So that's what we really focus on. And, uh, you know, we have an NPS score of 80 and we work really hard to take care of our, uh, our members. That's been fantastic. And, you know, what inspired you to get into this business? Because I, I would think, you know, not being in the, the, the insurance business myself, I would think the, that this is very complex and uh, it has a tendency to be affected by national policy like Obamacare and, and yeah. different uh, federal and state plans that are out there. Uh, it's a very complex business. Uh, but what, maybe what was your what, what got you focused into this this business? Well, it's interesting. The, the last business we, we were in, um, we turned around a, a startup that was uh, called Employer Direct, and they provided access to surgical bundles for large self-funded employers like you know, AT&T, Home Depot. Um, and so I really love, love the surgical space. That's where I really grew up. And so it was a really good opportunity for me to get into the benefits world. And um, once I got in there, I was like, man, what a great opportunity to make a difference. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's so screwed up. There's so many opportunities, <laughs> but you know, the challenge is you have very large and well-funded incumbents. And so, um, when we sold that business, um, I wanted to do something. And so we really did a market analysis at where's everything going? What, how is it moving? And then I wanted to stay out of the way, kind of under the radar of the big boys. And uh, so we found this little this little niche and uh, fed really right into you know my wheelhouse. And so uh, we uh, we made the decision to do it and tested it out for a little bit. Started working really well, and then so then we decided to raise some money and get serious. That's fantastic. You saw an opportunity, you took advantage of it, and now here you are seven years later. That's yeah, that's great. That's great news. So so when you started this company seven years ago, what were some of the um, challenges in terms of uh, building the right team? What were some of the critical components you were looking for to build a team from scratch? I know I went through this eight years ago. I'm curious to see 
what your thoughts were when you were building that team. Well, I, you know, for when I talk to other entrepreneurs, I think that one of the first things that I evaluate when I'm talking to them is their understanding of what it's really going to take to be successful. And, um, and what it's going to take to be successful is having the right people around you. And so for me, I, um, it's funny as a lot of people, my friends have really nice cars and they collect X, Y, Z. I collect people. Yeah. And so when I work with really good people, like I, I brought three of my key employee and friends over from my last company and we did it together because I knew that from a foundation standpoint, and by the way, they're, they're still with us, right? They're, and um, you, you got to have the right people and you, um, it's so difficult to, if you've never met somebody and you're just interviewing them, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, look, even in my best day, I'm probably 10%, right? Maybe 10%. And so when you've worked with somebody for a while and you, you know, and trust them, and you know that they're, they've got that capability um, and capacity to do the job, you know, you've got to, um, you got to make it right for them and you got to get them, you got to make, you know, you got to, you got to really uh, sell the deal and get them on board. And so, um, and then, you know, as an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur opposed to working in a large corporation, which, you know, I know you've done both now, it takes a different personality because when you're in a large corporation, you don't even know what a PL is, right? I mean, if you're on the sales side, you're literally like, I, what, you mean my expense budget? That's a PL, you know? But, <laughs> right, right. But when you're in an entrepreneur, you know, a startup, you know, the salespeople knows what, you know, they know what the PL is, operations are down to customer service. And so you um you have to have that mentality that you're, you know, you're gonna you wanna learn and know every aspect of the business. And so um so that's what I really spent the time. And so Long Tran, who is my COO and you know, one of my closest friends, uh, he runs the majority of our business. I, I I'm really over sales and and he he manages all operations and uh customer service and and um and you know, he's just such an incredible talent. And so he was key to, you know, really me deciding even to stay, stay in the business, right? To start the business. And so um, you know, I think that you know, you've got to, uh, you got to get the right people. And that is the hardest part. And uh, sometimes you got to put off the business to get the right people. Right. So I love, I love that you say that because I think especially people don't realize that as a, as a, as a small business, as an entrepreneur, where you're starting something from scratch, one employee represents, could represent 20% of your workforce. <laughs> so it better be right. It better be the right hire. Because yeah. it is such an influence to your success. Each person is, yep. you know, I always say that every in, in any company, everybody's in, important to the achievement of the of the of the goals and the mission of yep. the company. But in a small company, it's 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 elevated oh. to a higher level. And if you don't have the right people, you will suffer uh, tremendously. Right. So it's really really critical in a startup. There's there's no place to hide, right? You you look at like a a Navy a SEAL team, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you if you got six guys going on a mission, it's not like one of them is gonna be like, ah, I'm gonna slack off and come back here, right? I mean, they're they they've got just, I mean, even from opening the door, right, blowing the door yeah. Yeah. and opening the door and breaching it as they go in, everybody has a role and is so important that if they don't show up, if they're not giving a hundred percent, and so in a small business, it's no different. You can't 
you can't operate at a high level and it's it's really hard i think the other the other hard part for entrepreneurs that i see is making the decision to let somebody go fast right mm-hmm. and um you know i think from a respect standpoint um jack welsh i always really respected his books cuz he's in it right he and one of the things that he always stood out to me and it was i think it was straight from the gut when he wrote um I've never looked back and said, man, I should have kept that person on another couple months. It was, yeah. I, I always look back and say, I should have let them go sooner. Right. Yeah. And he always looked at it as, look, if they can't perform here at the bet and do their best here, I, it's my job to let them go to do their best someplace else. Right. That's a hundred percent true. Right. Yep. And yeah. so it's the right attitude too. Correct. And, and I think that, you know, that in, in a small business, it literally, um, and from experience, not only from a performance does it hurt, but when you have the other right people and they're high performers, and if they see this person not carrying their weight, yeah. all of us are carrying their weight, right? And so it, it just compounds and then resentment and it, it can really throw off your mojo. Yeah, it really can. And like you said, most people delay that decision because it's always difficult, but I always liken it to a puzzle piece. Like uh, there, are, there are people that, are, that, are, that are, just don't fit into your puzzle. They are a unique puzzle piece that fit into someone else's puzzle. And right. and and, you, and the quicker you help them find their right puzzle, the better off they're going to be and you're going to be. And yep. uh, it makes the decision a lot easier, uh, you know, because yeah. in all cases, every time I've had to let somebody go, they've ended up finding that perfect position that was more sure. in line with their skill sets and their motivation. So we shouldn't yep. be afraid to do that as leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, although it is one of the hardest things we do, but it, it's really important. If we think about it, we're helping them find what they were put on earth to do. And it's right. not here. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so one of the things with a small business, at least I've known, is that there's a high level of uncertainty. Um, you're, you know, you don't have the resources to handle ups and downs like you would in a bigger company with mm-hmm. with more people. Uh, right. more support, more financial support, and what have you. So how do you keep your team focused and motivated during these uh, times of uncertainty? And like we went through a lot in, you know, if you've been doing it yeah. for seven years, you went through a lot in the last seven years. <laughs> so yeah, oh, absolutely. Focused with all the changes going on, we've got uh, COVID, we've got uh, supply yeah. chain challenges. I mean, yeah. you know, how do you keep well, them motivated? Well, you know, so for us being in health insurance, we didn't have supply chain issues, but we had, nobody was changing business. So our, from a customer base standpoint, everything stayed the same. And so uh, what we did as a leadership group was we really said, okay, how can we take this opportunity? We never let one person go. We suffered through it. And what we did was we said, how can we improve on what we're doing and take this time to where there's a little lull? And so what we did was, we just focused on what was the next task to improve, right? And so we uh, we came out of COVID really, really strong. And so when the market started coming back, we just went like this. I mean, I think our yeah. our first year we grew by four hundred percent. And so um, it was great. And then so now we made some changes earlier in this year, and we reorganized. And you know, because we're from. Money is not the issue for me now, our, our company. Um, and that wasn't always the, the issue, but now it's okay. What keeps me up at night is how do I scale? And mm-hmm. so, cause we've got the growth 
and we've got the momentum. And so, um, you know, we spent a lot of time developing our younger people and I've got some really, really talented younger people that, um, they're so fun to work with and they're just, you know, enthusiastic and they work hard and, and, um, you know, it's, it's great. And, and so that, that's, uh, so we've been able to put some of them in leadership positions now. And as fun as they're, they're interviewing and hiring and you're, you know, and they're, they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, I just interviewed my 10th person and, you know, da, 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 you know, and, <laughs> they know and so it, yeah. yeah. And so it, it's, it's fun, you know, and then, um, yeah. but, uh, and then what happens is then they bring in good people and now, you know, they've got that responsibility. And so, uh, you know, it, it's very rewarding for me. I mean, I, 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 uh, I couldn't be happier. And I think that that time I met, um, COVID, you know, it, it's, look, em- embrace the suck, right? I mean, you yeah, just gotta, yeah. you just gotta embrace it. And, um, the people that are going to sit there and complain and not do anything, they're going to come out, you know, nothing's going to ever improve for them. But for us, I think, um, as a leader, what you've got to do is stay positive and stay realistic and just say, look, you're earning a paycheck. We, we're not going to grow like we did last year, but this is what we're going to do. And, and away we go. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. 
By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put Liberty Strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at LibertyStrengthTX.com to find out more and get your initial consultation schedule with him today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The other thing, too, I think, you, as you mentioned, is that, uh, you know, with COVID, there's a whole landscape shift. And, and for smaller companies, this gives an opportunity to like, okay, everything is shifting. Like, yep. what's, what's, what's our place in the world now that things yeah. are moving around? And I think that gives, I, so those uncertain times give opportunity as well, you know, for, yep. for new players. And, and so that certainly was the case for us, uh, given that the big suppliers couldn't supply, we could. And so there was, yeah. we were able to take advantage of that. And yeah, uh, that's yeah. awesome. And, yeah. and that's, and, and that's the, uh, that's the benefit of being a small business and decisions are made here as opposed to across a broad swath of people, you know? Right, right. Yeah. The speed is our speed is our friend as a small business for sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned this. It was kind of interesting that the transition to remote work actually improved your ability to lead. And that's kind of interesting. We've had guests yeah. on during COVID and we were talking about the challenges of that. But you think it was you think it's a good thing? And I'm just curious I, to hear your your take on it. I do. It, don't get me wrong. I miss having people in the office because I'm I'm the um, eternal wanderer. I'm like people hate it because I, <laughs> yeah. I just will show up and they're like, "Really? Do you have nothing else to do?" You know? But uh, right. you know, that sounds but, like me. you know. But but I'm able to keep the finger on the pulse of what's going on, right? And I really enjoy talking to to you know our, our people. But um, no, but here's where I think it improved. We've always been, um, and and geez, my last really four four businesses, we've always had a large remote population mm. and it was always challenging to manage that population. Okay. But now, you know, zoom teams, you know, it, it's, it's mandatory for us in our organization to have your camera on. And so now it's, it's just normal to call up Julia, who's now in, in DC, call her up, 
we're looking at each other and talking through an issue. It's just like she's down the hall, right? Mm. And so, um, and what it's done is it's allowed them to save money. They're not driving, right? Julia actually moved from Dallas to over to uh, DC and, you know, she's young and what an opportunity. Well, we would have lost her before. Now she's like, I'm not going anywhere, but, you know, I want to stay with you guys. And we're like, it doesn't matter for us, right? So I think that um, the other thing that happens that people don't realize is even the employees, we have our annual employee meeting, um, like in March coming up, people look forward to that and we fly everybody in and, you know, it's like a big homecoming, right? Everybody's in the office and it's, everybody's super excited to see each other. And, um, and so I, you know, it's, um, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really, it's been really good for us. And, uh, um, I, uh, I, you know, I can't complain. I think, you know, it, it all goes to having the right people and, um, just setting the right expectations. And, you know, we, um, we've been doing really well. Good. That's really good. Yeah. I think it gives you a lot more flexibility. Like you said, you can retain people that maybe have to move out of an area. Maybe their spouse has a different job or whatever. You still keep them on the team. The other thing I see is you have a window into their world too. So you're looking into their house and, you know, there might be a, their, their kid running by or their dog to know their cat because it's always in the corner, you know, and, and whereas you don't see that if they're in the office every day. So I always thought it was like you're, you're getting a window into their real world. You're getting to know more of the person than just the person that shows up to work every day. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, um, I had two ladies that worked for me at the very first business I bought and sold. And, um, and we were always one of the top ranked for getting our, our, um, uh, AR in and, on a monthly basis and, um, which it's very challenging in, in the medical medical device yeah. space. And so we were always really good. And, and they came to me to their credit. Both of them said, Hey, we'd like to work from home four days a week. We'll come in on Fridays. Um, and here's why. And what it was, was they were spending like $150 a week on tolls driving in, mm, you know, they had yeah. to leave their house at six forty-five. blah, blah. So it was a very well thought out, you know, uh, well thought out argument. Well, so we looked at the data really hard and here's what happened. So we looked at their computer time. They were logging on at 7 a.m. where they wouldn't even be able to get to the office until 8, yeah. 8, 15. Then they saw each other and they had to go grab coffee. And then, you know, so then we found out not only we were, the, we were already at the top, we started even improving on our outstandings. Okay. Which was even bigger yet. Um, and then, and they were completely, uh, completely enthralled. And oh, by the way, most, most of the days they were working well past five when they would have already left the office. And sometimes they were like, man, I got to leave by four 30. Cause I got to go catch something. Right. Yeah. And so we, um, we ended up saying, yeah, you guys stay doing that. If you guys want to come in on Friday, it's great. If you don't, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think you just got to be open to it. And yeah, there's some people that are going to try to hide, I guess, but you just, you know, hopefully you don't hire those guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think you can tell who's, who's yeah. milky and who's actually, you know, you know, you know, taking, you know, like I said, you gain, you know, every once in a while where I'll work at home on a Monday and, um, I, you know, I gain, I have a 40 minute commute. So I gain that extra, you know, I always say I got, I get, 
you know, I gain two hours in the day, essentially, you know, when I right. do that, because I, I don't, I'm not in, you know, sitting in my car, you know, you know, driving to work. So I yeah, understand Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what, what would you say are the biggest leadership challenge you faced as a CEO? Um, probably uh, a few years ago when we, when COVID hit, um, we were running out of money and we, uh, it was, it was a really, really tough time. And, um, you know, rallying the investors to do a convertible note for us. And, um, you know, it, it was really stressful, not because I was worried about myself losing the company or losing I mean, you know, at that point we may have had 18 people working for us, maybe, you know, 15, but, you know, just worried about them. And I, I think um, really putting ourselves in a position to where, you know, we were running out of money and, and who, I mean, in a normal situation, I mean, we would have been raising another fund, no problem, but everybody was like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna hold off on everything. Right. And yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was, um, it was really hard. It was really hard. And, um, and that was, uh, um, you know, square on my shoulders to, you know, make that happen. And so it was, um, that was probably the hardest thing I've had to deal with. And, uh, it was right down to the wire. I mean, not exaggerating. We were literally getting ready to send out payroll and we were depositing. Mm, wow. Wow. So, yeah. And I think, you know, when you have those stories as a team, you know, I've always found that the hard times you tend to the people that are with you during those hard times, you build those tighter relationships, you know, knowing oh, sure. that you've been through this hard time. And then you, I think you enjoy the successes a lot more if you've been through those, you know, rough uh, periods. Oh yeah, absolutely. You're much more appreciative. I mean, some of the people that are still with us remember when I was writing checks yeah. uh, to cover stuff. Right. And, uh, out of my old account and, you know, I, cause as an entrepreneur, I mean, I, I didn't pay myself the first three years. Right. And yeah, yeah. And it's, um, you know, that's, that's, it's hard. Yeah. So. It's really hard. Yeah. So <laughs> we mentioned earlier, you, you're going to, you're going to write a book someday about this and yeah, it's, and oh, it yeah. Just be called, it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. There you go. Let me write that down. <laughs> there, there's the name of your book. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, um, what should, what should, um, Team leaders, people who are maybe listening to this podcast, business owners, what should they know when it comes to healthcare? Because I think it's it's one of those things that, like for me at least, it was a check the box, find a way we can get a good healthcare plan with my for my employees. Right. I did that. I checked the box. I have a broker that helps me and keeps me honest and you know helps yeah. you with the, the cost. But what are some things that we need to be thinking about or other leaders should be thinking about when it comes to this? Well, I think first and foremost, um, you got to think about the health of your employees. I mean, there's, I, I talked to so many employers that just don't care. And, yeah, uh, yeah. and it's, it, you know, and that's challenging. Um, but I think that from a healthcare standpoint, um, if you've got a, a, a group of, you know, young people that, you know, are, are not sick, they're, you know, maybe they're getting going to be pregnant, make sure you're, you're buying, healthcare for them. Right. Mm. And you're looking, you're looking at all the opportunities and, and, uh, and then self-fund as fast as you can. 
And, and the reason I say that is because, um, there's, you can create your own plan. So if, if you've got a good broker, you can, there's so many ancillary services that are out there that you can bolt on at very low cost mm. to, to make the experience so much better. Um, and, uh, so from a small business standpoint, that's, that's my suggestion from a large business. It's actually, yeah, get into the numbers because healthcare is a business and you need to understand the business. There's, I can't tell you how disappointed I've been in, I mean, fortune 500 CEOs that are, that the frivolous and the waste that goes into healthcare. I mean, they're fiscally irresponsible and, um, Mm. you know, just, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. And if you're not an expert or don't want to be an expert, hire an expert. If you're a big well, company, but get well, a guy that's or a gal that's really good at it. <laughs> exactly. Good. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Uh, just the, it, it, yeah, uh, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's one of those, those, one of those things that is a very large expense. Uh, for a company, and you've got to make sure you're mon- you're monitoring it well, but also that you're getting the best plans you can for your employees because you're yeah. you're trying to help your employees live a great life, and uh, yeah. and that's that's always the challenge. How do you do it and make it affordable? Because you can really spend a lot of money on this. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a tra- it's it's this this generation's transfer of wealth has definitely gone to healthcare for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially United Healthcare. <laughs> yes. We don't have that. <laughs> so, so, um, how, you know, we've, we've been, you know, I've had a lot of guests on here and we've heard, we've heard this conversation a lot about the great resignation where people are quiet quitting. Uh, they realize that they're only working two to three years in a job versus maybe four to five. Um, there's no, um, no one looks at a resume and sees that you've had, you know, three or four different jobs. Nobody cares anymore. It's that longevity isn't that critical anymore. So how do we deal with this, uh, the idea that um, employees are going to just go to where they're, uh, to the next best um, opportunity they have? How do you keep people, how do you keep motivated when there's so many opportunities for them uh, in other companies that might have better benefits, better pay, especially as a smaller business? How do you keep people uh, from, yeah. from, from jumping ship? I think that's a great question. Um, something that I think about a lot and, and we've been incredibly blessed. We have, um, I mean, we have zero turnover. We, uh, mm. we had, uh, one person, one senior leader leave this year. Um, and, uh, and that was the first one in, I mean, three years. And, mm. and here, in my opinion, here's why we challenge everybody um, we have good people. And when you're working with good people, um, you realize that you're working with good people and it's fun. Um, they know that me, our leadership team, that we, um, that we care about each other and we care about them. Um, it's never been about the dollar for us. I think that we, um, you know, we, we work on development, we work on, um, our communication will be the first to tell you if we screw up. Um, you know, we have quarterly town hall meetings, we have our annual big meeting and, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, when, when people like probably one of the best jobs I've ever had was when I worked for strike orthopedics 
And um, I still have my best friends that I worked with there. And uh, I mean, you never th- even thought about leaving. I mean, you're, and you, we were working <laughs> 70 hours a week yeah. and um, it wasn't even, it wasn't even a thought. Right. And, um, and so I think that when you keep your team busy with expectations, they feel respected, they feel challenged, um, they feel compensated for what they're doing, right? I mean, we're not by any means, you know, paying the lowest salaries, you know, we, we're competitive. But I think, A, they don't have time to feel sorry for themselves or start, you know, thinking, well, this sucks, I need to do something else, right? Um, and then the other thing is they're kind of like, why do I need to look? What, what's, what's really, you know, I'm really happy here. You know, I'm working with all these great people. Um, I'm getting promoted. Um, you know, I've got this responsibility of, you know, doing all these different things. And so, um, you know, I, I think as a leader, if, if you've got a lot of people leaving and you have a high turnover, you really need to look in the mirror and what kind of culture are you creating? Are you creating a culture or is somebody else dictating that culture because you're, you know, you're absent, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, it really is, you know, it's interesting the, the, the way you solve the problem of, of quitting is by be creating a great organization where people love to come to work and uh, they feel part of it. They, they feel like that you care and that you challenge them. I love that you brought up the idea of being challenged because I think a lot of times Big companies, at least my experience, is that we take new employees that are maybe excited. They finally got into this company they dreamed of. You know, they finally get their degree. They finally get into the company they dreamed about working for. And then you put them in a corner and you give them grunt work. And you don't ever, you never yeah. challenge them. And then they, after a year or two, they're just disgruntled and they go look for another job. They never get, they never get to to apply all the things that they've learned in school. They they dreamed right. of doing one day. And so right. I always think that we need to give young people challenges uh, and that's the way they're going to feel part of the organization and, and not just doing grunt work and go get me a coffee or, you know, yeah. take notes at this meeting or something, you know, real, give them real projects to work on. Well, I think the other thing is too, is I, and I, I can't remember where I read this or heard this, but that it only takes, um, you know, literally a few I don't know if it's seconds or minutes where you're not doing something to start thinking negatively. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I look back at my time in the military and I worked in the operating room. I was at Wilford hall and Colonel Fryman was our officer in charge or OIC. And, um, and then what was interesting is we had, um, we had a master sergeant that was, uh, in charge of us and man, if we, for whatever, and I worked weekend nights, if we weren't, if, if we weren't in surgery, we were cleaning, organizing, you know, always doing something right. Yeah, and they, yeah. and that was the expectation. And I, I never had time to sit back and relax and think, man, this really sucks. You know, I don't like this, but I, you know, I was always like, oh yeah, what do I got to do next? What do I got? You know, yeah, where am I going? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, you know, that's, that can be, I think that's what happens a lot when people just get forgotten and they're at home on a screen and they may check an email here and there. Well, next thing you know, they're like, well, man, I can, I can be working three other jobs doing yeah. these things right at the same time. And then, you know, so I think you gotta, yeah, you gotta, you gotta spend the time to keep everybody busy. Yeah. I think it's important. Yeah. We, submarine life, people say, oh, you must get bored on board. I'm like, bored. <laughs> yeah. Are you <laughs> we 16 never, hour days. 
<laughs> we never had a time to to breathe. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, I mean, and that's, that's, uh, that's the way it should be. Otherwise yeah, you have a exactly. mutiny underwater and that would not be fun. No, it wouldn't, that wouldn't go well <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, uh, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, what final message would you like to leave with our listeners? Um, I, you know, look, I think from an entrepreneur standpoint, a lot of us are, um, you know, we're self-motivated. We've got the confidence uh, in ourselves to do what we're doing. But you got to remember that it's not about us. It's about the people. Um, you got to focus on your team. You got to care like them, like they're your family. And uh, and they're the most important, you know, people, right? I, you know, it's, uh, um, it's it's not about us. It's about them. Mm, uh, what a fa- fantastic message. Um, my, you know, my message in my books is that leadership is a people business and you just nailed exactly what you, what you just said. It matches that a hundred percent is that it's about the people. And uh, without, I always say without a crew, a ship is just a cold hunk of steel sitting in the Harbor, right? You need a crew to bring your ship to life. You need people to bring your plans to life. And you've experienced that in your career. I've experienced that as well. I think if you do that, you're going to be very successful if you focus on the people. So it's a great, great. Great message. Um, how can listeners find out more about you and your company? Well, I know there's a lot of Marines out there that say <laughs> so, so it's not hoorah health, it's hoorayhealth.com. Um, you can check us out or check me out on uh, LinkedIn and connect. If there's anything I can ever do for you, please let me know. Okay, fantastic. And we'll put links in the show notes uh, for those resources. And again, if something in this uh, conversation really sparked you. You have a question for Shane. Uh, reach out to him on LinkedIn and tell him you know you you heard you heard him on this podcast. You got a question for him. I'm sure he'd be happy to answer those questions and uh, or at least point you in the right direction. Uh, if you're uh, it, you know in terms of what you're looking for 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 help. So uh, Shane, I really appreciate you coming on the show, sharing your experiences, and I uh, and congratulations on all your success so far. Well, thanks, John. Really appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed the conversation. Good luck. I I did as well. You too. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the city of angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. 
I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.